You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Morning, good morning. Happy Valentine's Week. Or happy Valentine's or Super, Super Bowl, Bowl Sunday. Sunday. It just depends on how you look at it. Yeah, what's bigger in your household, Super Bowl <laughs> or Valentine's? It's a marriage morning, so we're going to say Valentine's, but the guys know. Kidding. Uh, Are we, we have any Eagles fans? How many Eagles fans? How about Chiefs? So we've got oh, Okay, the Eagles jersey back here. All right, that's serious. I'm, I, I'm, well, I'm torn because you want the Eagles to win. Yeah, but, I like Jalen Hurts. But I, I like Jalen Hurts too. But Patrick Mahomes has literally taken me for my fantasy football team. And with, with him, I beat you, I beat Eddie, I beat Ben, I beat Bennett. That's why I, we're all rooting against him. So I feel like I'm just trading out on him. So yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn. All right. Um, so it's our second week of, of the marriage series. And I'm really excited because one, I have you with us this week. Last week he had the flu. Finally. And, um, and several people asked, is he legitimately, ha- you legitimately had the flu. I, I legitimately had the flu, unfortunately. Yes. Um, so you're back. And we're, it's interesting because when we were talking through and kind of figuring out what we were going to talk about, we felt like communication is something that you can always talk about when you're talking about marriage because communication is the key to all of it. It's the, communi- it's the key to friendship, to intimacy, to conflict. So we want to talk about some things about communication, um, ways to help it, and, and things that break communication. Yeah, I thought this was a crazy stat that there are 900,000 divorces a year. And only 10%. Only in America. Only in America. in America. And only 10% talk to somebody before they divorce. Yeah. They only 10% yeah. try to get help. And so, um, and we know that, that communicating can be hard. I remember one time when the kids were young, and so it was a little bit harder to have time to talk. And so we went on a date, and we knew that we had some things that we had to talk about. Like it was, we had to, to sort through some things. And we were on our way home from our date, and another one of those topics came up, and we were like, we can't go home until we've discussed this. So we pulled into the pool parking lot of Westcott, where we were living, and we parked in the pool, and we were having a serious come-to-Jesus conversation, and a police officer showed up, and he knocked, and he rolled the window down, and I think he thought we were having a lot more fun than we were. Yeah, like, I think so, I think so. A lot, a lot, really, um, we should have just invited him in, because we needed a marriage counselor at Yeah, that we should have said, hey, you got yeah. some advice, yeah. Um, but, so, these are some communication keys. It's, um, Luke 6 says this, a good man brings good things out of good that's stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil that is stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so I think if we can go and dig um, what what is st- being stored up in your heart? Because what's being stored up in your heart is what is coming out of your mouth. And oftentimes I think what happens is we're very unaware of how much of it is coming out of our mouth. The other day I picked up two of Kenley's friends um, and they got in the car and they moved down here recently from Pennsylvania. And they were like, oh my goodness, Miss Meg, your accent, you have such a strong accent. And I was like, I have an accent. And, um, but it's just the way that I talk. So it's just what I, I don't hear it. And so oftentimes the way we communicate and the way we talk is like an accent and we don't even hear it. And so sometimes we have to 
to figure out what's going on in the heart, what's coming out of the mouth. So Yes, so everybody has a handout. Uh, if you'll look at that and go along with us on that. Um, we're going to, Meg and I have this thing of where we call it uh, taking inventory, and we do it uh, on dates a lot. And, and it's really, how are we doing? How are we doing? And this service and this guide right here should give you something to have conversation about when you guys get together. When you, you know, how am I doing on this? How am I doing on this? And we're hoping this will be a great guide for that. It also ends up being a great guide to pray through as a couple as well. Yeah. So we've come to realize in marriage that there are makers and there are breakers. There are makers and breakers. And so what we would, and let me just say if you're single and you're sitting in the room, take the card out and go ahead and rate yourself because you might figure out why you don't have a date. <laughs> And or, and or you might have some insight of some areas that you can improve. So when God does so choose to send the perfect one, you are ready. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the four breakers and the three makers. And here's what I need you to do is be completely honest about yourself. You're going to rate yourself zero to five. Zero is I don't do that at all. Five is I do that all the time. That is me. That is the definition of me. And here's how this is going to work afterwards. You're going to take this card and you're going to sit down with your significant other and you're going to say, babe, on that number two breaker, I rated myself a one. I don't feel like I ever do that. And he's going to say back, what? <laughs> what? I would have given you a five plus plus and it's going to give you so so much insight of to areas that you can work on. So trust me when I say rate yourself and I'll remind you to rate yourself. And when your spouse is sitting beside you and they rate yourself, it is not the time to elbow check them. Okay. <laughs> this gets to be their own rating. Okay. All right, babe, the first. Well, this, this message is built on three main things. The survey you guys filled out, uh, which was incredible feedback, yes. a research study that we uh, read about that, had 3,000 couples that were in like a big brother situation. They lived in this apartment and they had all the cameras and audio on them, studied their patterns and their habits and all that Followed stuff. Followed them for 20 years. Yeah, and then just reflections from our, our marriage too. Yes. So yeah. you'll see us reference the survey we did with you guys and the, and the research study as well. So yeah. Yeah. that makes sense. So number one. Number one is, I gotta get in the box. The first breaker, I think it's on this side. Let's see. Oh, nope, those are the makers. The first breaker. She's got a very Vanna White appeal, doesn't she? Just a little prettier. Okay, the first is criticism, is the first communication breaker. Yes, criticism. And this is um, not just like, hey, I don't like that lasagna you made. <laughs> uh, this is, a lot of these things we're going to try to get to a deeper level with that can be real damaging. But criticism in this form is, that, why didn't you make dinner? What is wrong with you? Yeah. Essentially, you're, you're, you're calling out something that's wrong with who they are. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of criticism we're talking about. Well, and it's the tendency to look at and see things the way that, that it's broken. So not necessarily in a way that can get better, but it's a, a critical eye of saying, that's broken, that's broken. You don't do that right. You don't do that right. Why don't you do that right? Like, it's, it's coming at stuff being critical. And when, and when the issue is her, not the lasagna, now that's much harder to fix. Yeah. 
when I feel like I'm broken and I've got to fix that, that feels much harder than, hey, give me a little grace. I'll take the trash out next yeah, time. It's know? the difference between walking in and he's left his clothes on the couch in the room and not put them that, away. Though. No, I mean, if you did, if no. you were to do that. I've got a system. <laughs> if I were to say something, like if my tendency is to say, why are you so messy? Yeah. Like you always leave a mess. It's that critical tone, yeah. like that feel or... Um, all right, score yourselves on that one. Score yourself on that one. Number two. Five is you're incredibly critical. Zero is you've never had a critical thought in your whole life. Yeah. And you don't even have to let your partner see this right now. Yeah. All right, number two, babe. Number two. The second breaker is? This is a big one. This is a big one. This one happens a lot on accident. Defensiveness. Um, most of us know what that is. You, uh, somebody, you know, your spouse or somebody tells you something or confronts you with something and you usually meet that complaint with another complaint about the person. Yeah. Um, I know that I'm real guilty of this one. And this I, I think is... that we promised to be transparent in the series of yeah. what has yeah, yeah, helped yeah. us. And so I do think that this has been an area, if you were going to look at the breakers, would be the area that Luke most has worked, has improved on. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and the biggest thing there is like, you know, you're getting accused of something or you're getting checked on something. And I want to self-justify that by saying, hey, you're not so great either. You know, like... And that's a terrible thing to do. But it's, I always call it my knee jerk is a jerk. You know, when I respond really quick, uh, I, I usually respond without a filter and, and, and not the best things to say. And so that's something I've learned even from your dad of just save your words. Like, take a second before you respond. And that, that filter can come down. You can get your heart right. And, and uh, sometimes it's a little bit easier. Well, because the, the reality is oftentimes the reason we do something a certain way is in response to why someone did something the way they did it but it still doesn't justify what we did that was wrong right so we want to bring up what they did but it still doesn't justify what you did but somehow if you can point blame back on them and and put the limelight of what their shortcomings are as well it doesn't improve the relationship all it does is break the relationship right um so and makers whereas breakers are defensive makers take accountability yeah and they responsibility own responsibility for yeah Right. So score yourselves. Score yourself. Number three. Number this is three. A big one. This is a big one. This is a big one. Disrespect. Disrespect. Uh-oh. Uh, this, in the study we were talking about, this was the number one indicator of divorce. Um, when, when disrespect was a habit or something that happened often, uh, it was a number one indicator of divorce. And the biggest difference between this and criticism is criticism says there's something wrong with you. Um, disrespect says I'm better than you. Yeah. Uh, so it's looking down, making you feel the way you're wired, the way you are is, is less than. Yeah. When God des designed this marriage thing as, you know, he said that it's not good for man to be alone and that there's a leaving of his family and there's a cleaving and then the two become one. And which is an equal because God created us both equal, male and female. Well, when there's a way that you look at the one that's supposed to be your oneness, your flesh and blood, the oneness doesn't line up if what you deem yourself is is better than them. And it's so damaging to the oneness. So it will break, the, the unit can't be one when one is superior than the other. But it really is something that's oftentimes very present in relationships because men and women have, have such different roles. So men generally are stronger in certain areas and a woman, in an area that a woman is 
weaken. And the way that that should work is that you take your strength and you cover my weaknesses. And then I take, take my strengths and I cover your weaknesses. Well, the upside down, what God intends for good and the enemy wants to use to destroy, the way what the enemy takes that to destroy is that now I use my strengths to now make you feel less than because of your weaknesses instead of, instead of covering you on those areas. Yeah, th this is something when I talk to a lot of guys that guys really struggle with. It's almost like that balance of, of work or whatever, especially when you got young kids and you're like, yeah, well, I was at work all day. Yeah, well, I was at home all day. And it's like they don't value those relationships so much. And so guys, I know, definitely tend to think, well, they're making more money or their, their job is more important than changing a diaper. And the truth is that just gets you in a triangle of disaster yeah. uh, when guys start doing that. I think both sides can do that. But guys tend to want to act like their work is way more important than what goes on at the home when really your most important work is what goes on at the home. So Yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember one time, and it's hard, too, when you think you know something and you think your, your partner doesn't know. Like, yeah. I remember, y'all, when Blakely was little, she was born November 26th, and she was kind of, she was jaundiced. Like, so she was a little bit yellow. And when we went from, home from the hospital, they said... Which, when you first have your first baby, that is just crazy in itself. Yes. I didn't the, even know what that the, meant. Right. So they said she would do great. She would really benefit from some sunlight on her skin. Well, it's it's. I'm colorblind. I thought she was tan. <laughs> so it is. She's. Um, it's the middle of the winter, and I'm like, how am I going to get this baby's skin in the sun? So I stick her inside the house, but in the window where the where the wind the sun shines in, and in her diaper in this little baby chair. Well, she her lips started to quiver. So I think. Well, she's cold. So I then, hormonally irrational new mom, I'm just, I'm just going to put it out there. I decided that the best thing to do, since she had come out of a body that was 98.6 degrees, then I needed to turn the heat in the house to 98.6 since she was going to be naked. It needed to feel like she was in a body, right? Or else she was going to be cold. So I turned the heat on 98 degrees. Luke comes home from work 30 minutes later for lunch, and he's like, what is happening in the house? And I was like, well, she was cold, and so I have to stick her there with no clothes on, so I felt like it needed to turn the heat. He's like, you didn't want to get, like, a space heater or an electric blanket, literally. Like, you feel like the whole, and I was like, how dare you? Yeah. How dare you think we should not have the heat on 98 degrees? What kind of father are you? I was like, what? <laughs> I think it's more important for this baby to breathe than be warm. Like, you can't breathe in this house. I literally am like, I need to call your dad because <laughs> no, he said, will tell me the truth. Does it need to be this he hot goes, here? He said, I'm pretty sure we need to talk to your mom and make sure this is the best thing to do. Good um, Lord, man. But it, it's in your areas of strength of, 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 no, clearly I was very wrong and my mom just helped me. Um, but it, there's a way that you can better them. Like I know this and I, and you don't even know because you're, there's a well, way. There's such a shaming part of yes. disrespect that really is hard to get through. It really is. And I think, you know, in Romans, it talks about being so, um, so confused and claiming to be wise that instead you become an utter fool. So there's a way that you, in your wisdom and with the areas you think you are so wise that really out of that comes foolishness. And so to be, 
To be and to set yourself up with your spouse where you think and you deem yourself as better than, as smarter than, as more intelligent, it's, it's really unwise to the relationship. Yes. Um, all right. Number four. Number four. Number four. Go ahead, Vanna. Go ahead. All right. Stonewalling. Stonewalling. Okay, so we... Yes, we let's be said transparent. That this was Luke worked on... Luke worked has really hard on in the relationship for not meeting a complaint with a complaint. My area of journey has been stonewalling. And what I mean, when, there are multiple ways to stonewall, but there are ways that something can happen in an argument and something on internally you shut down with emotionally and all that because you know that you are right. And you, sh and you are not open to hear what they have to say. But here's the problem. I majored in, in communications with an emphasis in acting. So I can get my point across and act like I'm listening to what you say, but be shut off at the same time. And it's so not a win for the relationship. There's a way that you can stonewall that you're done. You can't, you can look at them, you can hear them, you can hear all of this stuff, but you think in your mind, you aren't, I'm not moving off of this point right here where I am. It's such a passive aggressive thing It too, is right? such a passive I'd rather you just be aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the... <laughs> But there's a way, too, that people also will shut down and physically they will disengage. So there's a way that all of a sudden they're gone. There's no eye contact. No, I don't do this. I like the like. Yeah. Um, but there's a way that people will shut down and they're like this. What's wrong? Nothing. Are you sure? No, nothing's wrong. Nothing. No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And you're not. And it's such a breaker for the relationship. It's yeah, well, what... what makes it so much worse is I, when I go to confront her or something or somebody's working on that, you're using like a 40-pound cannon. Well, when they end up deciding to stonewall you, you end up thinking, oh, well, I need to make this more emphatic. So you bring out the 60-pound cannon and you end up blowing her away or do something that just makes it way worse because you feel like you can't get her off the stonewall thing. And so it just makes things worse so it much. Does, because if I'm locked down, you have to put more more to get through to get through so then you end up saying i don't understand why you're so upset i don't understand why you're yelling well because you're shut down yeah. you, you you shut something off and i i'm feeling that i can't move you i can't have a conversation with you so it ends up becoming like a a massive snowball yeah and at the end of the day every one of us want three things we want to be celebrated we want to be seen and we want to be supported and those four things just destroy that yeah. They completely destroy that. And so sometimes we do them, we don't realize we're doing them. Sometimes we're aware of that journey. I think we're all in different spots in here of realizing and not realizing and learning this whole journey, but really trying to bring all that into, into uh, under scope and figure out where am I on this scale? Am I doing these? Am I meaning to do these? Is there something like that Bible verse says? Is there something in my heart that's coming out and I'm not even realizing I'm doing them? Yeah, well, and the truth is, What's so key is to get a gauge of where you think you are and then to later compare and contrast that with your partner because the truth is you might think you're communicating great, but if you think you're communicating great but they don't, then you're communicating with yourself. And so for me, I can say, you know, I might be a, a one at stonewalling, but whenever I sit down and have a conversation with Luke, he might be able to say, baby, if I can be honest, you're a three. And so then later on it gives us conversation and it gives us tools to use during an argument because now we begin to discuss something and he can say baby remember when we talked about that stonewalling I feel like that's what you're doing to me right now 
And I can say, well, I feel like I shut down because I feel like when I presented the problem with you, you got defensive and just presented back to me what your issue with me was. So that I shut down because I didn't feel like there was any ownership of what you had going on. So now it gives us tools when, once we accept the breakers for the relationship. So are y'all ready to hear some makers? Yeah. Okay. Did y'all score yourself? Yep. Everybody scored up. It was fun because last um, service we had three of the girls' teachers in here. And so Luke was like, I can't wait to see how good a note takers they are. And, and I caught them cheating off each other's <laughs> answers one time, which is uh, All right. So, so the makers. makers. Let's jump to the fun stuff here. Our handy dandy illustration here. All right. The first of the makers. Oh, nope. That's not first. This is first. Okay. The first of the makers is questions. 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 This, this is also called love mapping. Um, essentially, it's asking questions uh, about the values and, and things that your wife or, or husband need or want or desire. Uh, it's, it's really important for me to know all that she's dreaming of, all that she's wanting to be, all that she's scared of, all that she's worried about. It's important to me to know what she hangs her hat on as a good mom or as a good wife. There are that, that's not carte blanche for everybody. There are certain things about her wiring that, she, that she's desiring or that she needs to hear from me. And I, it's my job to go in and find those things out as it is hers. Yeah, I love the phrase um, love mapping because if you think about a neighborhood and you think about how like a big, huge neighborhood, think of like Nexton or Crowfield, and you have the main roads that most people drive every day, but there are so many more turns and stop signs and cul-de-sacs and streets that lead to here and connections and how this road will connect you to way over here. And if you really have a map, an updated map, it's easy to navigate through the neighborhood and explore all that the neighborhood has to offer. And I feel like that it's that way with the relationship because there's a way that I could be on a main road and all of a sudden I jump way somewhere else. And if he doesn't know me and know how I got there, then it can leave room for a disaster. But if he understands me, if you take the time to ask questions so that then you know them better, and then the questions give you so much more information. So can I give you an example? This isn't on the notes, but I'll give this example I thought was really good. Um, there's a way that you ask questions that, like Luke will say that this question to me a lot. How do you feel about being a mom? How do you feel like you're doing as a mom? Because he knows it's one of my trigger points. If I'm having mom guilt and I don't, I don't feel like my time is enough, I don't feel like I'm balancing that world, that will send me straight somewhere a really bad place. But he knows that. So then he then can help set up a win. Like, let's set aside some time. Let's meet any of the girls, go get some food. Let's do something. He can help make that happen. This past week, Luke asked me, can I take you downtown? Do you want me to take you downtown on Sunday night, get a hotel, and we'll stay downtown for Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day is a big deal with him and our girls, and so he's going to take all of us to dinner on Tuesday night. He was like, but on Sunday, would you like to do something with just me and you? Would you like to go downtown and get a hotel? And I sat there, and I was like, well, well, he was like, before you say anything, he was like, I totally understand if you say no. Because what I know about you is I know that we're going to be out of town for three nights next week. You're already having to find kid care. The girls have two games. There's a project due on Tuesday. I, I understand you enough to understand that if it doesn't work, it's just because there's a lot going on. 
It's not, he's like, I don't take it personally. I know you want to celebrate Valentine's. It's not a personal rejection. He said, but I just want you to know to feel the effort that I put forth. If you're looking for a, a romantic night, I would love to do that. But I also understand that it probably doesn't work this week. Bingo. It, it sent me, because he knows the neighborhood, because he knows all the twists and turns. Otherwise, do you see how it could have been a really big fight? And he could have said, I don't understand. I try to do something romantic. It's Valentine's. You don't even want me to do that. There's no way I can make you happy. Does that make sense? Yeah? So there's a way that he asks questions into my world. It's an intimacy of into me that he sees because he asks the questions to get there. And that's just a great friendship rule in general. Like, everybody wants to make statements and everybody wants to know, wants you to know how smart they are. But very few people will actually ask you questions about what you're passionate about or ask you questions about what you care about. That, that's a great friendship employee-employee rule, kid-parent rule of learning how to ask questions that really get people going. I, I think it's a big deal. It's true. I think that nothing makes people feel more valued than when you ask them questions about stuff that they value. Yeah. That says, I value you. Yeah. So, all right, next one. Next maker. Number two. Don't forget to score yourself. Yeah. Admiration. This is a huge one. Um, it's not just thinking my wife is pretty. It's not just saying, hey, your hair is beautiful. It's really admiring her. Like, why do I love her? What is it about her that I love? Like, oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Go to a song. <laughs> no. um, but seriously, thinking through what it is about her that makes her special, that makes her unique, that makes her the greatest mother and wife alive. Like, what is that much more than physical appearance or the, the easy things that I, I, you still got to give those guys, don't get me wrong, but you've got to understand there's so much more depth to admiration than there is just observation, if that makes sense. Well, and I think the questioning is what leads to understanding the admiration. Yeah, yeah they set each other up. Because an admiration is, there's a, a just about who you are. It's not necessarily just what the things you do for me. It's the, how I admire the person that you are. What you are, what it brings to the table, I admire. Things that you could say like, you know, I felt like that teacher is super intimidating, and so I was really nervous about that parent-teacher conference. I really appreciate the way that you stepped up and you operated and you helped me through that meeting. Like, what you brought to that table, really, I, admire that I needed that, and I, I appreciate that a lot. There's this... Um, there's a way that you scan what they do for admiration. So now it's, it's scanning where I'm watching the glint. I really appreciate the way you are so intentionally speak words of life into our children. Like I'm watching what you do and I'm admiring what you do. Yeah, and I think it's really easy for a lot of us to like go through the day and when the good things are done, there's nothing that like jogs your mind. Yeah. But when something's done wrong or something you don't like, it's easy to perk your head up and say, oh, why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And the biggest way we've tried to realize or fix this is having those goggles on to see the way through an admiration lens of really not just when, when things are going good, making sure there's a climate where we're, we're talking about that, we're appreciating that, we're, we're loving on that, as opposed to only saying things when things go off to our little schedule or routine or when things get messed up. It really takes a lot of prayer because Sometimes you don't feel like admiring another person, you know, or depending on where you are. But really, 
fighting through that and really praying in your, in your quiet time, Lord, help me to admire, help, me, help her to know the way I really, really feel about her. Yeah, um, it's like trying to catch a compliment. Like you, it's like you said, you're real quick to point out something wrong. Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you t- didn't take the trash out? Why didn't you? Do- you're home late. It's really easy to get in that habit. So if you could switch yourself into a habit of if you just constantly are catching them and you're admiring them, then when something comes along that you do need to address, you have addressed so many positives that the climate is so okay for you to, it doesn't leave them feeling that they need to be defensive because you've literally admired a hundred things that they've done. So you point out one thing that we need to talk through. It's just a place of grace. It's easy to handle that suggestion because you literally have been so lovingly admiring who I am. My mom has a phrase that I love, and she always says, give flowers while they're living. Because the funeral happens and people send flowers, but they're dead. They're gone. You don't. And so to make a habit of doing that while they're alive, what, what do you want them to know while you're alive? And this is fun because we... One of our favorite stories that we've shared before, but I don't feel like we can go through a whole marriage series without sharing it, is when we were at the beginning and we were in our pre-marriage class um, here at the church, and it was talking about the importance of a woman being loved and a man feeling respected, and you need to verbalize this. You, oftentimes you assume that they know, but they need to hear you say it. And so we were sitting in the pre-marriage class, and we did this exercise, and you sit knee to knee like this, and the, you tell him why you respect him, and he tells you why he loves you. And so we sit down, and there's probably what? Like 12 or 13 other couples in yeah. the class. And yeah. it's precious, y'all. It's, I mean, we've gone through the whole class. These couples have had some eye-opening experiences, life-changing moments, and here they are getting, and, and they're emotional. Like people, in the, it's, it's a moving moment in the room. The worship music is playing, and it's the moving So I look at Luke, and I'm like, okay, babe. I respect you because, <laughs> and he starts laughing, like, like, like this laughing, like, like, and I'm like, well, that's weird, why are you laughing? And then, you know, you know, when you do that thing where you talk to them with your teeth closed and you're like, stop laughing, like, but you try to look like you're not fussing and I'm like, babe, seriously, stop laughing. Like, this is yeah. way too much laughing. And the more frustrated and angst I get, the more uncomfortable he got, and the more he's laughing. And then, then he starts like, he, you know that out of control laugh, like when it's an awkward moment and you can't stop? Weren't you? Oh, 100%. And, 100%. And I'm like, it was seriously. So, so finally, he had to leave. He, you had to walk out the room. I didn't have to leave. You made me leave. <laughs> Very different. Very different. Finally, I was like, get out. Just get out. Just leave. You're making yeah. me. So there I sat with everybody else in the room while they cried and told each other how much yeah we the, failed that one big time <laughs> yeah. was like, we're and you were the pastor's pass- kids so not- there was extra pressure you know that- <laughs> we're not passing premiered um but i it, so I, I i say that to say it is a it's a process of learning to be comfortable if you don't grow up like that that's not your environment that can be super awkward and feel super corny even when i when i say the things i'm saying up here it can sound cheesy until you create a culture where that is that's the climate is compliment is the is the climate and so you have to do it and do it and do it until that just becomes becomes your norm all right last one last one number three number three I love this one some of you may have heard this term or not um, but it's a really unique one essentially there are things we do 
with our spouse where we need attention. Um, and that might sound a little high maintenance, but you don't realize you do it until you get an example of it. Um, but there's different times of the day or different parts of the week where you will say things to your mate and you really are saying, hey, I need to talk about this, but even sometimes you don't realize you're saying that. Um, and there's, the way they respond is a big deal, and that's called bidding. I, I bid her, she bids me. Um, and this is a really interesting because from our survey that we did of our congregation, only 21% of you said you can get your partner's attention when you need it. Only 21. Only 31% say your spouse listens to you when you talk. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That means almost 70 to 80% of you are trying to get your spouse's attention with the things that matter to you, and it's falling short. And so that's a big deal at these bids. You've got to start realizing when somebody's giving a bid and when you're offering a bid in the relationship. Well, and what I love about this is, and doing it like this, is I feel like it gives us verbiage now as a church that we can use because truthfully, we are such, we are so different. Male and female are so different. And so there's no way to always know what's important to me that I, hey, by the way, this is a bid, so I need, I need your attention on this. Like, I love for Luke to input on what color and design I'm going to do on my nails. He's colorblind. He does not care at all. But, for, but it, it brings value to me to send him three or four different pictures. He, and he says, I always pick the one he didn't pick. But, but so he can't figure out why I want him to do that. I don't know. It's a bid that's important to me. I, I like it, and I'm going to keep doing it. And so there's different ways. There's three different responses you can have to a bid. So, for example, Luke can walk in and say, like, you walk in from work and say. Like today was crazy. Today was crazy. So I can hit with a turn away where I'm doing the dishes, I'm unloading lunch boxes, and I never even acknowledge it. Turn away. He just made a statement, which was a bid, but I never, never landed on it. Or he can walk in and say. Today was crazy. And I turn towards it, and I say. Yeah, tell me about it. My day was crazy too. And I keep going on. Again, I've missed the bid. How many times does someone walk in the room and make that statement before they realize they don't care how my day was? Like, unintentionally, but it's, and I I will say that the statistic of people that ended in a divorce with the homes that were steady, the divorce, the people that were getting a divorce responded to, there was 0% rebidding. So what that means is I would try, I would bid, and she would stop, she'd never even acknowledge it, and then I would stop. So at some point, you I realized stopped. she didn't care, so therefore I didn't care. And that was the 0% of those couples who did that uh, succeeded. Well, so I think it's crucially important. This is a crucially important inventory moment where you say to your spouse, hey, how good am I at responding to your bids? That's something that, will you help me get better? I want to know what's important to you. So like we're, that part of the conversation after you take this card is crucially important because naturally what interests you guys is going to be separate. There's a way that you enthusiastically turn towards a bid. So if Luke comes in and says, my day was crazy, No, my day was crazy. Then I'm like, oh my goodness, tell me all about your day. I want to know every detail from morning to night. You know what I mean? Now that's Just, a bid right there. That's folks. a bid. So but here's, a th- here's a funny bit story. Sometimes, whether it matters or not, you just need their approval. You know what I mean? You just need, and that's part of be- being one. Uh, we were in Israel. I can't believe I'm going to tell this story right now. It's the last story I'm going to tell. I can't believe. Okay. Y'all promise to love me no- till death do us part. <laughs> we're in Israel. It's the last day of Israel last year, and I got a very upset stomach. 
I'm just going to say it like that. And there, it didn't matter if there was a restroom or not. It was my stomach was going to do what my stomach wanted to do. Oh, boy. <clears throat> there was certain roads we were traveling on that there was nowhere. There was no bathroom. There was only desert. And so me and the children of Israel marked up the whole desert <laughs> land in the wilderness. And I wouldn't call it the Holy Land anymore is all I'm saying. <laughs> It was, I was very sick. It was, it was a rough, it was a, everybody on the bus, there was no, there was no bathroom on the bus. So everybody on the bus at this point is feeling very sorry for me. I mean, we have stopped the bus a lot for me to use the restroom. And so now like, I'm super anxious. I'm sweating. You know, like, it's, it's, it's not good. I'm, my stomach is cramping and I'm like, we are going to the airport, which is like an hour and a half away. So it, we can't stop. Like we, the, the, all of us are going to have to miss, get to the plane this night so this we can't and it's like interstate where there's no free like there's no you can't get off it's like 526 going over the bridge and there's no side road to pull over on anymore this last hour and a half and so we've moved and like my closest people are now sitting at the front of the bus and the farthest people are sitting at the back that I don't want to embarrass myself in front of and my sweet precious sister is trying so hard to console me and she puts a five-gallon bucket in front of my seat right here. And she says, Megan, worst-case scenario, you slip off the bucket, and then you slip back on. And she's like, nobody's going to know. Everybody understands you're sick. It's not a big deal. And she goes and sits back at her seat. So I throw was, a bit out. I throw a bit out. It was out like this. Leave. She was, that's where I was sitting. She was right here. Her dad and sister are right across the aisle. So I was on that side. So I throw a bit out. Right, because I need. And I'm like, babe, do you really think that's okay if I if I get sick? Like, it, just sit on it. And he goes, <clears throat> absolutely not. <laughs> he was like, he goes, whatever you do, do not poop in that bucket. <laughs> Y'all, there's fifty something people on a bus with no windows. <laughs> Open poop with no ventilation is terrible thing. He's, he's you will like, never come back from he, this. That's what he said. You'll never come back. You'll be the pooping pastor forever. <laughs> forever. That's what he said. What There's he said. not enough grace in the world for that. Holy cow. And I am like, no, babe, the people on here love me. We've, this, I mean, on the Israel trip, you become like a family. I mean, I'm like, they love me. They're a family. They're going to forgive. They all know that I'm sick. Luke's like, not. Nah, they don't love you that much. He's like, and he's trying and to say it. And I got my it. arm around her with my teeth. Like, ah, he's trying to say it so my dad doesn't hear him yeah, saying that Yeah, I don't want him to, to hear Because, you know, anyway, so I say all that to say. Sometimes you miss a bit. Sometimes we miss a bit, but it's, it's crucially important. By the way, I made it through the whole thing. I didn't use the bucket. All was well. You can go to Israel with me next time. I'm not going to violate yeah, you. I, I promise. Um, but there's, there's times, and I say that because it was like so emergent. You're so scared. It's something doesn't feel right and doesn't feel settled that sometimes only all you need from them is just to turn towards you in that bed. And it doesn't make sense sometimes. It doesn't, there's not any reason. But because God said when you leave and you cleave and you become one, there's something in you being engaged in what's going on in my world that brings so much value. And I just need it. I need, and there's, there's nothing else that replaces that. Yes. So you're probably wondering what this big box is, right? Uh, it's not just an illustration of points, but one of the things we... We wanted to try to make this easy to understand and remember. Um, but this really is a piggy bank or a bank account. 
Uh, because the truth is, all of us are going to do these things, whether we love each other or not, whether we mean to or not. Um, but if you've done this enough, these things enough, then there's money in the bank, okay? And so when you've, when you've done your makers enough and you're putting your money into the bank, now when I mess up and I do one of these, she has much more grace for me. Does that make sense? When this account is built up, it's better to handle this kind of stuff. She has more grace. She has more understanding. When she's asked the question, she knows why I'm being peculiar. She knows why I'm doing the things I'm doing. She knows sometimes that the spaghetti plan up in my head doesn't make sense. And, and that it, it just gives you a place to build in and build in and build in. And when you're taken out of this tank from the, make, from the breakers all the time, there's not much grace left. And I know guys, for instance, will do this. We'll try to give flowers to make up for something we did wrong. And I honestly think most of the time the flowers tick them off even more. They don't want the flowers. They want to be celebrated. They want to be supported. They want to know they're valued. And that is a big deal. Learning how to put deposits in that mean something, that make you really feel like you are valuable to me. Yeah. The way that this thing happens is, there's a, a stacking of money where all of a sudden the, the money in the bank is in the positive. And the, the positive starts, it gives you a friendship, it gives you a vulnerability, it gives you a trust, and then more money, now there's an intimacy, and there's, a, there's this thing that begins to establish where your relationship is rich because of all of all of the stuff that you did, the admiration and the questions and the way that you see the, the bids of the stuff that I know you don't care about, but you have, you have spent so much time talking and engaging because you admire me. That is, those are the kind of things that deposit big money in here. Whenever you sit, and I know you don't want to, but you look at the nail color and you talk about all of the crazy things that are going on in my world, they matter to you. That's a deposit in here so that one time whenever we're having a discussion and you're a little bit defensive or you throw something back, it's, it's, a, it's a small deduction because we're so rich with the makers that now all of a sudden it takes the impact away from the breakers. The, the, the making of what God intended it to be is so present. And so then you have to understand, you have to have these questions asked to understand what puts money back into you. So now when you sit down with your card and you say, okay, this is where I rated myself. I want to admire you. What makes you feel admired? What bids matter to you? And now you start doing, it becomes a language. Some of you need to take this card home and you need to rate yourself. And you need to have a conversation with your spouse and you need to go online and buy yourself some Monopoly money. And you need to get really intentional because what happens, here's what happens is when the, when the breakers happen over and over again, all of a sudden, someone has withdrawn all of the money and you have no idea and now all of a sudden the feeling is gone and people will say well we just fell out of love you didn't just fall out of love you coexisted for a really long time in the negative and then one day you're like there's nothing there there's just nothing there and so it's really important it's really important that you guys take an inventory right now of where is the bank account where is the friendship, communication, emotional bank account? The truth is when we look at the stats here, and what we want to do is we want you to take the card. And we want to have a moment of worship because the stats in this room are that only 39% of you, only 39% of you feel like your spouse is all in. So that's, 
that's 40% in the room that aren't, don't even feel like your spouse is present. They're not even all, all, they're not even giving it all that they've got. So what I want you to do is you've kind of done this. We're just going to do a short song and, and then some worship time. What I want you to do is on the back of your card, if you feel like the Lord prompts you of something that you want to bring to the table during this conversation, if you feel like the Lord says, you know what, haven't been doing great with bids. There's a way that you sit down. Or you know what the Lord might say is, he might open your eyes like Luke was saying of what you admire about your spouse. And so in his presence, you know, we're made in his image. We're made to connect. And you might say, you know what, God, or you might say to your spouse, I felt like during that time of worship, I really made a list of all the things I admire about you. And we're going to talk about the things I've done wrong. We're going to talk about the bidding and my defensiveness. And I know that I stonewall. But in this conversation, also, what I needed you to know is I admire this and I admire this. Or I'm sorry for this. Or I'm going to do better in this way. Or maybe just this is my commitment. You might be one of those people that feels like your spouse is not all in. And maybe your spouse just needs to hear you say, I just want you to know I'm all in. Like, I'm all in. Luke and I have this joke that... um, one of us might kill the other one, but we're not walking out on each other. That, that, that's how it is. So, baby, you want to pray for them before they do the card and then yeah, let's do, do some worship? Lord, we come to you right now, and what you started in us was something great. And, Lord, right now we ask for your wisdom and your guidance and your presence to get some of us back to great. Lord, help us to remember what it was like to love passionately, to love fully. And Lord, right now, we just ask that your presence reveals the things that we love so much about each other. We ask that your presence does a work in us. We ask for your forgiveness for our side of the things. We ask for your wisdom for our side of the things. And Lord, we ask that you meet us in these moments when we're trying to make things better. Lord, we ask for your presence right now. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's not much you're going to do that is forever. But if we do this marriage thing right, we will do it forever. You change jobs. You change jobs. You change friends. You change things in life, employment. Kids grow up. But marriage can be forever. And so I challenge you to work on it like it's forever. Go all in. Your last line on your card is make forever great. Make forever great. I, I think so much um, of this is the guy's journey. Uh, a lot of this stuff is really uncomfortable for us. But I challenge you in this season to go get comfortable being uncomfortable. You go lead the charge to go deeper in your relationship. Don't make it hard. Go into your homes and go make your marriage great. If you guys are interested in Israel, right after this service in the chapel behind us is an interest meeting. We would love for you to go with us. I promise we'll find bathrooms. May the Lord keep you and bless you. I bless you this week with a wonderful, wonderful marriage and relationship that shines for all to see. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.